It's been obvious from the start that the COVID-19 crisis has been much more than a medical emergency. It's torn away the curtain covering the deep inequalities in American society, and certainly in the field of healthcare delivery, but also in the housing sector. People already living on the edge or paycheck to paycheck had to scramble each month to find money to pay the rent, which all too often took up up to 50% of an already inadequate wages. And then came the pandemic, the loss of menial jobs and the slim pay packet that went with them, followed by homelessness for many and the desperate search for improvised ways of finding a roof to shelter under. This form of precarious existence, a consistent pattern throughout the country and more acute in the larger metropolitan areas has fallen most heavily on the most vulnerable in our society, single mothers with dependent children, almost all minorities. Their woes have been largely ignored by a recalcitrant Congress that so far has refused to offer those evicted little more than token relief for risably short periods of time. Those evicted, however, have begun to fight back. And what began as an isolated action backed by independent uh, reporting and the concern of some local agencies and officials could spread. Zoe Matthews is an independent freelance journalist living close to the neighborhood of El Sereno in Los Angeles. Since spring 2020, this has been the scene of a struggle between a group of largely homeless mothers with children, demonstrating to gain access to a large number of vacant houses in the area. Zoe has a degree in urban planning, and while she reports on a variety of social and economic problems in Southern California, she does see the social tensions gripping Los Angeles throughout that lens. We began with a summary of the history of that mass, originally 400 vacant houses in El Sereno. El Sereno, I, I live very close to the area um, mm. in Island Park, um, so I, I kind of I like to like report on the communities around me as much as possible. And um, yeah, there's you know a large swath of houses in Pasadena and in El Sereno that were kind of bought by uh, not kind of but bought by Caltrans because um, they wanted to build an extension of a freeway and the um, freeway extension there was like a lot of um controversy around that like a lot of the neighborhood residents kind of battled that and like didn't want it to happen and it, it was stalled and eventually kind of canceled um and so all of those houses that were originally bought as part of the project are like a lot of them have remained vacant some of them have been rented out to people some of them have been sold, you know, um, there are a lot of kind of larger scale litigations going on around, you know, who those houses should be sold to and how, um, but a, a, a large, you know, number of them still still remain vacant in, especially in El Sereno. Um, and so, yeah, last spring, um, a number of um, unhoused families wound up kind of organizing to um, occupy those homes. They were like mainly, they were inspired by the Moms for Housing movement in San Francisco, um, with, in which um, a number of homeless mothers um, occupied um, a house 
um, owned by a real real estate speculator um, in Los Angeles. They focused a little bit more on kind of reclaiming publicly like property that was already publicly owned and kind of um, were calling on the government to, you know, use this public this this property that was already publicly owned to house people amid this crisis and especially you know when when they occupied these houses it was like right when the pandemic was um you know when when things were shutting down when people were being asked to stay inside and you know they were kind of saying like we're, we're homeless we don't have anywhere to stay inside you need to let us live in this property that you know, the state already owns. In November 2019 in Oakland, two homeless single mothers supported by local activists entered and occupied a house in the center of that city. This house had been sitting empty for close to a year. It was legally owned by a development company named Wedgwood from El Segundo in Southern California. And this was the in the wake of the housing collapse of 2008 and nine. Wedgwood had simply acquired the property through foreclosure and were waiting for the price to rise for resale. The occupiers in Oakland immediately organized themselves as Moms for Housing. The four is a numeral. And the story went national. This was the model which the Moms of El Sereno were following. The Oakland story has a happy ending. A local land trust that raises money for access to public housing acquired the property from Wedgwood a deal brokered by the office of Governor Gavin Newsom. And the mums now reside there, paying an affordable rent to that trust. The story in El Sereno is rather different in that the legal owner of these houses is in fact a government agency. Nonetheless, it dramatically illustrates the same crisis in housing and the precariousness of the socially vulnerable. Following the collapse of Caltrans plans, to extend the 710 freeway decades ago in the El Sereno area, over 400 houses remain in the hands of that agency. True, some have actually been sold or even rented out, but close to 200 remain unoccupied, some in an advanced state of dilapidation, a true blot on the landscape. In the present circumstances of job losses, pandemic-related evictions, health fears, Along with the example of Mums for Housing, it's hardly surprising that a large group of single mothers uh, finally said enough is enough in El Sereno and attempted entrance to those houses we're talking about. This was in the spring of 2020, and it also happened again on the eve of Thanksgiving later that year. Zoe Matthews picks up the story. There was like this initial wave that I mentioned back last spring during the pandemic, like when the pandemic first started, um, and then those moms and those um, occupiers, they call themselves reclaimers, um, negotiated with the city for, for several months um, and actually wound up setting up a situation where they were able to legally live in these houses through um, the, uh, an agreement with the Housing Authority of Los Angeles. So the Housing Authority of Los Angeles leased the homes from Caltrans and allowed the um, the moms to live in them through a um, county program, and um, then a second wave of reclaimers re reclaim and rebuild our communities took over some more houses in the same neighborhood, and that was kind of 
you know, the dramatic images that everybody saw on Thanksgiving, the, the day before Thanksgiving, you know, they were um, being dragged, like some of the people were being dragged out of these houses by, you know, police. And um, it was, it was like a very tense night. Yeah. Um, and so that second wave, their kind of mission was, you know, they're, they're definitely like interconnected. Like I think these activists definitely are in communication with each other. But um, the second wave was kind of saying like, we don't want to be living in these via city program. We want them to be returned to the community and managed by a community land trust um, so that, you know, we can like stay in our community. We don't have to be at the whims of like these public institutions and um, we can we can preserve our connections like within the community. An essential point here is that the second wave of occupiers did not accept the rental agreement offered by the LA Housing Authority. This came with far too many strings attached and was in any case short term. They were demanding a far more permanent solution to their crisis, which is where the idea of the community land trust comes in. This is the model of affordable housing we want to like empower communities um, so that we can, you know, own property within our community so that we can like have more say in like what happens to these as opposed to maybe like a city run program where they would have certain restrictions on like how they can live or certain length of time that they can live there. They want to make sure to, to, to fight gentrification by kind of, you know, giving these properties to the land trust. So Hilda Solis, um, uh, uh, one of the members of the Board of Supervisors in LA, she um, started a pilot program that's basically kind of working with some of these community land trusts within LA that have already been established, um, giving them funding, giving them support, and kind of like helping to empower this like coalition of land trusts that exists um, so that they can, because it's very expensive, you know, like, so basically how a community land trust works is they, you know, they own the property, they own the land underneath the property. Um, so they kind of are able to remove that from the speculative market. And like, they, they, it's not always housing that they own. Like sometimes they can own parks, you know, green space, other things like community centers, all kinds of things. Um, but as when it's used for housing, you know, it allows the, the price of the land to not change and it allows community members to either you know live in these properties at very affordable prices or buy like actually buy the the homes the the actual like buildings on the property so that they can like have equity you know like really like it, it gives them a way to kind of like have more stake in the community and have more stake in like the way that they're living and to like build equity so that it, it really empowers community members. Yeah. So the most important point that Zoe makes here is that the whole purpose of a community land trust is to take available and affordable housing out of the speculative market and return it to the public. Furthermore, a land trust can issue a land lease for up to 100 years. This freezes or stabilizes the price of the property for that period, ensuring that the price is carefully controlled when a current owner dies or moves away. 
those who either have gained or are still struggling to gain long-term occupancy of houses they believe should revert to public ownership rightfully fear their precariousness. The involvement of a community land trust would undoubtedly help to stabilize a portion of the market and allay those fears. A lot of people are worried that that once those protections expire, and even even already, you know, people are being they might not know they have those protections. So they're able to be like kind of pushed out of places where they live. And people are worried that like once people are pushed out of these already existing and affordable buildings, that um they're they're just going the, the prices are going to skyrocket and it's going to lead to this like massive wave of displacement so i think the movement this land trust movement is really saying like we want to assure that that doesn't happen by like creating these long-term um techniques for preserving affordability and preserving what's already there so we don't have to keep going through this cycle of building really expensive affordable housing or like trying to find ways to like get people into these units like we just need we need to save what's already affordable before the problem gets any worse you know zoe has been talking to people in the office of hilda solis the first district los angeles county supervisor who is actively exploring ways of expanding the role of local community land trusts, not only in El Sereno, but beyond. El Sereno is her in her district. She has set up a fund for the purchase of vacant houses and land throughout the county, with the purpose of finding homes to offer to those without. So far, Solis and Partners have raised about $14 million to kickstart the purchase of some of those Caltrans homes. The Solis plan is actually in two phases. The hope is that bids are to be made on around 50 of the vacant homes up for sale to be placed in the hands of the local CLT. This is promising. And Zoe Matthews cautions that there is a long road ahead. And mm -hmm. the second phase was, yeah, this fund, which kind of gives them these grants to actually like acquire some of those buildings. And um, I don't think that they've really established, they're definitely like working with some of these land trusts. I spoke to some land trusts who are kind of in the process of like working out those deals. It takes some time, you know, to negotiate these things and to, to, try to, to try to get these buildings at like affordable prices when they could potentially be, you know, sold on the, um, on the regular housing market for a lot more. So I think, I think it's definitely tricky, but it definitely seems like, like things are in the works and all of these land trusts are like very excited about using this money. And if it, if it is successful, they could potentially, you know, expand it into a larger program. The forced entrance and occupation of houses in El Sereno has met with hostility and fear by a majority, but by no means all, of the residents in the area, disturbed by what many deemed lawless behavior. People who did indeed break locks to gain entrance into several houses, which of course they did not own, which then brought a violent response by armed highway patrol officers summoned by Caltrans officials. One resident, according to a report in the LA Times back in September, worried about the presence of children, those in the neighborhood already, without recognizing that the children of the homeless mothers 
were probably in far greater danger from the armed CHP officers. One must have faith that over time, as the vacant houses which themselves unoccupied pose a far greater threat to this neighbourhood than if occupied by families who would take care of the property, current residents will come to recognise the reality. But first, the CLT must acquire the funds to start buying and distributing the houses to those in need. This does seem the most practical and just solution to this vexing problem. Hilda Solis and her staff deserve credit for the initiative. We can only hope that not too much time will elapse before we can report further good news on this issue. This is Harry Lawton reporting for KCSB.